0: everybody and welcome back to the kelly green hour it's not a victory green hour which who knows when that's gonna happen again i'm your host lg harrell and joining me as always is my good friend connor connor what's up bud
1: oh you know living the dream just waiting for that that kelly green hour that victory green hour that we covet so much that they've been so limited this year (laughs) but uh, before we get into a quick shout out to sports talk philly our our sponsors have kind of been taken under their wing, and they've been uh, I've been posting uh, post game stuff for them, and they're allowing us to have our podcast featured on their website. So shout out to them, SportsTalkPhilly.com, and at SportsTalkPHL. And uh, shout out to you, El, for your uh, happy belated birthday. It's your wow, birthday a couple you, days man. ago, so
0: it. yeah, it's it's tough having a birthday in a, in a pandemic. Not much you can really do
1: no no absolutely <laughs> not but i don't know if i would
0: have wanted to do anything anyway i mean it's 33 once you get past what like 25 it's downhill from there yeah you just kind of <laughs> give
1: up you just say i'll have a couple beers and pass
0: out by 10 o'clock and <laughs> I, I started to work the next like, it's not like you could you could do much so um but yes yeah, so it's it, i'm not gonna lie it's getting tougher and tougher to come on here every saturday and talk about this football team never in a million years did I think that this season, coming into the season when you have the only coach who was retained, um, you have a quarterback who we I don't want to throw him into like MVP caliber type, but we've seen it from him, and 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 nobody would have thought that that we would see this regression from Carson Wentz that we've seen. Uh, I don't I don't even know if he's able. Honestly, I have no idea if Carson's going to be able to get to turn it around like I I don't know if he can get get back to the I'm not I'm not expecting him to get to 2017 level I think that's going to be impossible he that was just an all all world year by him and and something that we all never expected to see but glad we did I just want to get a good quarterback back like if we can get somebody behind the center position that's playing quarterback that doesn't turn the football over that can complete some short passes the first three okay So last week's game against Seattle, the first three plays were passes. I get what Doug was doing. They were short passes. You try to get your quarterback into a rhythm. You try to get him going. And two were dropped and one was a bad miss to Greg Ward. But why didn't Doug run the ball? He gave the ball six times last week to Miles Sanders. And after every game for the last month, we've heard, yeah, you know, maybe I could run the ball. Um quick or maybe I could run the ball more. Maybe I could use up tempo more. Does Doug is Doug just trying to get himself fired? Is Doug just want just one out of town to get away from Howie Roseman who does not know what the hell he's doing when it comes to selecting players? Like what do you think? Is he trying to get away from Carson Wentz? Does he want to go to Houston and, and quarterback Deshaun Watson who is, is a really good talent? Like, Connor, what are your thoughts in in, in all this? in terms of what we've seen over the last month of the season.
1: First of all, um, I just want to shout out the uh, Monday Night Crew, because I thought that was one of the best crews, the best games I watched as an Eagles fan in a while, because they really talked about the Eagles, they really focused in on the Eagles' problems, and they really did it non-biased. And I I actually
0: found that very interesting. Before you continue, it did sound like Lewis Riddick, was 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 politicking. Was yeah, calling. he wants the Eagles GM job. He's from he's from the area. He used to work for the organization. He knows Howie Roseman doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He's not a big fan of Howie Roseman either. So yeah,
1: you know, there's a part of he, me that thinks that they kind of brought them up a lot because Louis Riddick was kind of trying to say, listen to listen to me, Jeff Laurie, listen to me. I know I would what give you them, need to the, do. I would
0: give him the job.
1: I just thought it was great. I I mean, you listen to a lot of broadcasts, a lot of national broadcasts, or you listen to the local Eagles broadcasts, and you never get, like, a full-on breakdown like that, good or bad. Mm -hmm. For Well, you get the bad, but you never get, like, a good look. Like, they didn't bash Carson Wentz like we watch every broadcast do. So it was nice. It was like a breath of fresh air for them to point out the fact that the wide receivers cannot get open. It was nice to see them point out the fact that Miles Sanders cannot catch a football for some reason. He couldn't even catch a beach ball if he tried. It was refreshing to have them point out the reasons Carson – the offensive line, so how terrible me, that offensive before, before line continue, is.
0: Let me ask you a question. Do you think that they were making excuses for Carson by saying that? Even though all the all the things they said were true, and, but they you know they weren't going out right bashing. Yeah, they said, okay, he missed this throw. He missed that throw that he should have made. Um, He missed this read. He missed that read. But do you think they were kind of like um, not making excuse? They were they were just try, trying to like look. Carson's a good quarterback. He's just he's not getting help, and they're not trying to put all the blame on him.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, in all seriousness, we're sitting here and we're looking at this team, we're watching these games, and it's like these aren't excuses anymore. This is the team. None of these are excuses. Carson Wentz's interceptions are not an excuse for anything the miles sanders drops and doug peterson's inability to stick with the run is not an excuse anymore this is a reality of this football team and i don't think that they're talking about excuses they're talking about the true reality that we're living as eagles fans and watching philadelphia eagles games. so no i don't think they were making up excuses nor nor do i think they were defending carson wentz in any way because they split the blame pretty much uh, fifth year, a fifth year, a fifth year, a fifth year. They really tried They really split it, and they really showed that this is the Philadelphia Eagles. This is our football team this year, and 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 you could see it. When you watch the plays, yeah, you can go back and you can sit there and be like, well, there was a wide receiver open on this play. And then He's when you go back at the pocket, yeah. Carson Wentz was about to get hit or Carson Wentz was seeing a, some 300-pound defensive lineman busting through the line coming at him. It's easy for us to point it out on film that this guy was open, that guy was open, there was a play here, there was a play there. But, I mean, until you're standing in the pocket and you're the one who's taking that hit or you're the one who's about to go down for the 100th time, 115th time this season, I think it's easier said than done. And I'm not making up excuses for Carson Wentz. But we point out the one or two plays that there's finally separation created by the wide receivers. But we too often forget about the 20 plays before that where there was maybe a yard of and Carson Wentz is trying to throw into that window and that's what leads to the interceptions a lot of the interceptions the ones that weren't boneheaded at least the one at the end of the first half was boneheaded but like there's just a disconnect between him and his receivers like on that play that interception at the end of the first half where Dallas Goddard was running that was just a complete breakdown of of the route beat of of what Goddard was running or mm-hmm. thought Wentz wanted him to run, and what Wentz actually thought was happening on the play. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a complete disconnect. And and I think that, like, no, there's no excuses at this point. We're not making excuses for anybody. They, we're talking about true problems with this Philadelphia Eagles offense. And you, we can call it excuses all we want, or people can be like, oh, that's just an excuse for Wentz. No. This is the truth. Drops are the truth. Mm-hmm. The offensive line's deficiency is the truth. Carson Wentz's decision-making, poor decision-making, is the truth. Doug Peterson's play calling is the truth. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it every single week at this point. So at this point, it's no longer excuses. It's things that need to be fixed, and they need to be fixed. Honestly, I'm, okay. I'm at the point where I'm content with losing out, getting that fifth or sixth pick, and taking that Jamar Chase or something. At this point. You do know uh, that.
0: Philadelphia Eagles aren't dra- drafting a receiver if they get that high. They're going to draft if, if they're able to get that Oregon lineman. Like what's his name? You know his name better than I do. NACO,
1: so well. Yeah,
0: they they're, they're going lineman and like Micah Parsons is there. They don't draft linebacker. They're definitely drafting one in top five, top ten. This um, would be awesome. I because mean, he's really good. You saw what he did in the national championship year for for LSU um, before sitting out this year. Like that would be a great. But knowing the Philadelphia Eagles the way we know the Philadelphia Eagles. That ain't happening.
1: I'd be shocked if he dropped, though, because when you think about, you know, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is locked in number one to the Jets or Jags, whoever tanks the best of remaining weeks. But, I mean, after that, like, you got Jacksonville, who needs offensive line help, a quarterback, too, so they'll probably go quarterback. But then you got, like, the run there of Cincy and the New York Giants, who the Giants are completely depleted because of their offensive line, letting Mm -hmm. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley get murdered. There's no way Sewell drops unless we are worse than the Giants or the Bengals. And at this point, I don't think that's possible to get there. Mm
0: -hmm. I have a question. Now, (laughs) this is a draft season question. So, like, if if you want to push it off, you can. Do you think the Philadelphia Eagles, if they had the opportunity, and I don't even think the Jets would do this, um, knowing what what we know and seeing who's come out, but if the Eagles could trade Carson a first and, like, a, a pick later on, or even a first down the road to number one for Trevor Lawrence. Do you think that would happen? Because A, you'd get a younger quarterback on a rookie deal, so that could solve a little bit of salary cap issue that you have right now. And B, you kind of get out of the the Carson Wentz, um, whatever he is right now. Joe Douglas is up in New York. Um, they, they They don't really have trust in um Sam Darnold obviously they're gonna have a new coach so it could depend on the new coach but do you think the Eagles would entertain that
1: no but I don't I don't think it's because of the Eagles I think it's because of the Jets they know how coveted Trevor Lawrence is they know the true generational okay it's thrown around a lot but the true generational talent the hype built around Trevor Lawrence warrants like Wentz and two firsts there's Mm -hmm. no way they will move out for anything less than a complete steal of somebody's draft picks and assets like they will not um, do anything like that this is this is a draft where you you stay up there and you get Trevor Lawrence because you know that's a talent and listen there was that article from ESPN released um, earlier this week, talking about how a lot of uh, the majority of NFL executives are with keeping Carson Wentz. So there are a majority who would trade for Carson Wentz in a heartbeat, and it would go down as historically one of the worst moves in Eagles history. I can tell you right now, if we move on from Carson Wentz, he will go. He will succeed. Somewhere I'm telling you, if he went to Indianapolis, Indianapolis is winning he's. Exactly. And Indianapolis would be winning a Super Bowl, potentially. potentially, Yeah, I think they could win a Super Bowl. I think they could compete with the likes of of Patrick Mahomes with that defense and then a reliable quarterback who isn't philip rivers or jacoby Brissett, Mm -hmm. but like at the end of the day it would go down as one of the biggest regrets in eagles history if there is a majority and i get it that like somebody commented on that post was like well the majority of execs thought lamar jackson was supposed to be a running back first of all that was one commentator who said that but there's a majority of some executives who have said different things in life but at the end of the day Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. He's having a rough season. He's the most pressured, the most sacked quarterback. I just posted it on Twitter. He He has been sacked 15 more times than the second place quarterback. And the second place quarterback, it's the Washington football team. The Washington football team is second place, and they've had a combo of three different quarterbacks getting hit. So Carson Wentz is absolutely getting slaughtered. And the fact that he continues to get up week in and week out is Mm -hmm. a telltale sign of his toughness Mm -hmm. and the adversity that he's really playing through right now. And if he got an offensive line in front of him and he had the time to really read a play and see the plays happen, like in an Indianapolis maybe, we would sit there and we would be talking a year from now about how much we regret trading Carson Wentz, how we should never have made the trade.
0: Yeah, I I, I see what you're saying, and then and I want to step back on something. Lewis Reddick is a really good um, broadcaster commentator. Um, he really should be a GM, and I put on um, Twitter and even Facebook app, uh, during the game that I would love Lewis Reddick to be the GM, Eric Bieniemy to be the head coach, and let's roll from there. Bring in a, bring in. Um, a vet, a vet defensive coordinator um do you want bm be enemy calling please i don't know who cares um i, I can't be as bad as what doug peterson is doing right now and I, and then we're mm-hmm. going to talk about how doug peterson th- there's all these reports about doug peterson giving up some of the play calling but it's going to freaking press taylor nobody wants like we want him to give up play calling but that's not who we want him to give it up to wanted to, to. Want to give it up to deuce give it up to marty even marty like I don't want Press Taylor the one, being the one calling plays. I just don't want that to happen. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And so like, going back to last week's game, as much as we don't really want to talk about it, I know I don't want to talk about it that much. Um, Jim Schwartz, look, defense played well. They just were on the field a lot. But if the, if the reports are true, which they are, because I'm pretty sure Schwartz kind of talked about it, he went up to DK Metcalf and said, look, I was in Detroit with Megatron. You're not there yet. He meant it to be as a compliment saying, look, you're on that path. But DK took that personally. And if you see those Michael Jordan memes from The Last Dance, like him looking at a tablet and it says, dot, 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 and I took that personally. Um, yeah, that's, that, and that's what DK actually posted on Twitter. Um, yeah, uh, that was dumb. And he left Darius mm-hmm. Slay on an island. Look, Darius Slay is good. This bad. He had he had a bad game, but DK Metcalf is legit, and we and and every time DK Metcalf goes up against the Eagles, it's going to be that DK Metcalf versus Arthega Whiteside conversation. And Arthega Whiteside just got off the pup list and are not the pup list, the COVID list. He the DK Metcalf almost had more yards in that one game than Arthega Whiteside has in his freaking career. And this is where we go back to the Howie Roseman conversation. He doesn't know how to draft. And there's a lot of talking. And and look, I hate Orlando Skandrick with a passion. He kind of said something that I like he, Don't talking do it, about, L.
1: Don't do he's it.
0: Talking of calling um <laughs> Howie Roseman a weasel saying, look, you can you can fire Doug Peterson, you can bench Carson Wentz, but you still have the same weasel there picking play, picking players. I agree. With that sentiment, that that block right there. Not not the entire that sentence, that statement. I agree with Orlando Skandrick. We need to get rid of Howie Roseman. Howie mean, I mean, Roseman you, has no idea what he's doing.
1: But you see the reports that are out there. It looks like Howie Roseman is unlikely to be fired. And it looks like Doug Peterson's unlikely to be fired. Which leaves only one person possible that likely is going to be fired to they send can. a message. They and can. that is poor Jim Schwartz who may sorts. take the fall for everybody. Because he's the only one who in all of these reports is not being kept. And I think that... Jeffrey is going to turn this offensive passing game coordinator thing or this passing game coordinator running game coordinator into like you can keep those, but you need an offensive coordinator. And I think that the writing's on the wall that there's not that many people. If you block Howie and you block Doug Peterson, there really isn't many people left to get rid of. I think Deuce Staley will be gone because at this point, the frustration's probably real for him. Press Taylor's getting the play calling duties over him. He's been there. He's been doing so much for this Eagles offense for so many years now. So I would not be surprised if he goes off to get an offensive coordinator position somewhere as an opportunity where he gets to show his stuff. It wouldn't surprise me
0: if he went to if Eric the left and he went to Kansas City. Unless, I, I think we're ultimately
1: going to we're ultimately going to lose some of the better elements of our coaching staff to save Doug Peterson. I you like know, Jim Schwartz. I, I think stuff? Jim Schwartz is a very good defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's not I think great, but he's good. He's not great, but like, he's, he's smart. He's methodical. Like He Four. makes the right play calls. But if you're on the field 32 to 35 exactly. minutes a game, you're bound to give up that, points. That. And I tweet it all the time. You're bound to give up points. You can't ask for 20 stops and our offense only produce on two of their 10 attempts on the field. Like it's uh, unfair.
0: I agree that like the, the defense has done good considering the situations that they've been put in by the, the Eagles offense. The offense just can't, they can't move the ball. They get three and outs, they turn the ball over. And when your defense has their back up against the wall, they're bound to break. It, it's going to happen. You're not going to stop a hundred percent of of these short yardage um, situations. So I agree with you. He's good. But my, my thing is when it comes to, to, there has to be a change and, and I don't know. And I, and I think you're right. You know, like I don't want Jeffrey Laura to be Jerry Jones, but at some point he's got to put his foot down and be like, look, we should not be three years out of the Bowl this bad. We shouldn't be a top five drive like, where we're picking in the top five. What happened to Carson Wentz? Like, why is he regressing? Is it the coaching? Is it him? Did we, did we miss on him? There are, you know, our thing a white side, why can't he get on the field? Did we miss on him? Probably. um, like uh, yeah, I, I and I put on 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 Twitter that Ortega Whiteside and and I, I hate to throw Yeg, Rager in this just because it's it's his first year but are, like are DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson about to become the new Earl Thomases and uh, DK um, excuse me Ortega Whiteside and J, J, Jalen Rager who I don't really want to throw in that because it's 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 really are going to be like the Brandon grands like what is going to happen why can't Howie Roseman if, so let's, let's, is when we talk about like the, the drafting in the past of the good players, the, the big question was, is it Howie Roseman or was it Joe Douglas? Well, look at Joe Douglas's draft with the Jets. He's got a rookie left tackle, I think he's left tackle, Makai Beckton, who leads all, who, who's go, who he's right being now would praised. be in the Pro Bowl. He would be in the Pro Bowl right now. Mm-hmm. Like, the, and he made that trade. He got first round picks from Seattle for um, Jamal Adams. Like, he anticipated, like, this isn't his problem that they're 0-11, 0-12. This is what they want to That's why they're keeping Adam Gase. As soon as this season's over, Adam Gase is gone. They're bringing in a new, a new head coach. They'll probably have a new quarterback in, in, in Trevor Lawrence. Like, they're, they're building something. In the, now, will it work? Who knows, obviously. But, like, why are they able to do this? But why can't the – like, what is Howie – what is Howie was gonna do? We saw these reports all week how the scouts won it. Um, Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. He went. No, I want Jalen Rager. Now, look, I wasn't a big Justin Jefferson fan. He has proven me wrong all big time. I did not expect Justin Jefferson to 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 be what he's what he is right now, leading, pretty much leading all rookie receivers, um, and 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 being one of the better receivers in all of football in the second round. The the, the scouts wanted Jeremy Chin. The Eagles, Hallie really want it Jalen Hurts. Again, when you draft Jalen Hurts in the second round. You're telling your starting quarterback, the franchise guy, the guy that you gave all this money to that you know we don't believe in you. And they set themselves up for this by drafting Jalen Hurts and and the Howie Roseman and the Eagles are to blame for what's happening right now.
1: Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts everyone's crying for Jalen Hurts behind that offensive line, it don't matter who you well, put the back there. It really doesn't. He,
0: has, he can move around. Um and and but just, but like, one just, minute. Like, just like Andy Reid, Doug Peterson calls a better game with a backup quarterback. Mm. Andy Reid, when Donovan would get hurt and he would have to go to a Jeff Garcia, A.J. Feeley, you know, a, a Coy Detmer, a, a Coy Detmer. The game plan changed to a run centric. I'm going to get the ball out of my quarterback's hands fast. I'm going to run the ball. But then as soon as Donovan comes back, let's throw the ball 50 times.
1: But I mean, I mean, I mean, for me, like you say, that Jalen Hurts is more mobile. So is Carson Wentz. He just doesn't choose to move him. He He doesn't. He does his best. He does his best when he's out of the pocket and moving, mobile. That's Doug. Doug. And that
0: rollouts for him.
1: Exactly. So it's unfair to sit there and say that Jalen Hurts is more mobile. Yes, he's faster, he is. He is. He's but Carson mobile. Wentz... He's more
0: mobile. He's more mobile than Carson man, Wentz.
1: Man, we saw Carson Wentz last week. Look at that. And But the difference is Jalen Hurts probably would go down on first contact because of his size. Carson Wentz does not go down on that first contact. He barrels through people because of his size. And you can't expect a guy to be 6'5", 250 or whatever he is and be that mobile all the time. And... You know, torn ACL and all. Um, But for for me, like this is on this is on Doug Peterson. You got to get the play calling right. You got to figure this out because if you're gonna if you were able to call what you did with Nick Foles to go on and win a Super Bowl, why can't you modify the offense? Why are you trying to force feed? It's kind of like Bruce Arians with Tom Brady right now. Why are you trying to force feed your offense? You're supposed to make you're an offensive corner. You're a head coach. You're you're the play caller. You're supposed to make it work for your quarterback you're supposed to work with his strengths and try and pivot away from his weaknesses and we are not seeing this from Doug Pearson we go out and you can pretty much damn well predict what's going to happen every single play every single game you get one run you get two passes three and out two passes one run like interchangeably you get one run and a couple passes and that's it that's the end of the play sometimes we even get two passes right off the bat. And then you get one run on third and eight and giving Miles Sanders nearly zero chance because you're making him run on third, third and long like you. He needs to be able to play to his quarterback strengths and he is playing to every single weakness Carson Wentz has. This year, and we watch it every single game, he talks this talk like he's going to modify the game, like he's going to change the game for Carson Wentz, and we see the same damn game plan. And then he comes up with this bogus excuse, well, I tried to establish this, I tried to establish that. It doesn't work because we've seen the same thing, you just maybe go right instead of left, or up the middle instead of to the sides. Like, you don't actually modify anything to the true game plan.
0: Oh yeah, I agree. And and he has he's not able to make any adjustments, and I have no idea why. He it seemed like early on in his coaching career he was able to do that, and now he's not. Um, and go, going into this game against Seattle, Seattle had a historically bad pass defense. And mm-hmm. what do they do? And, and and I get it. They come out and they and they try to establish the pass. A couple drops in the first drive, a miss pass by Carson. Um, but like when your quarterback is struggling, when your offensive line is struggling, it's much easier to run block than it is to pass block because offensive linemen just you, you you give them the opportunity to get off the ball quick move forward mow through the defensive line doug called 15 pass plays and i don't even know if that includes maybe less it that if you take out the carson runs like this it, it's bad you have a really good running back who who's t- one of the top running backs in the league when it comes to yards per carry but no let's not use him um and, and then they don't know how to, to get – it's just a very vanilla offense. Nobody is able to get open in space. I look around the NFL all, every week, and I see receivers running wide open. Okay, it's kind of bad to use Kansas City because they have a historically good quarterback, a really like one of the fastest receivers in the NFL, just have a great offensive of mind. But you see receivers for Kansas City running open all day long. You see Minnesota receivers, Justin Jefferson, running open all day long. You, you even freaking see uh, Brashad Perriman for the Jets had a 50-yarder a couple weeks ago. Why can't the Eagles do that? Why? And like, it, it just makes no sense that they, they've gone from this, the, the offense that we saw in 2017 where everything worked, it was it was just perfect, everything that Doug called worked, and everybody was getting open, to, to this where nothing – can go well. Nothing goes well.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's ridiculously frustrating. And, and all these reports that are dropping, like, literally prove every point that, that pissed off Eagles fans want to have proven. And then now there's more reports coming out that Jeffrey Lloyd isn't going to move on from the two people who... And listen, I understand maybe Doug Peterson deserving more of a chance, but... I just don't understand if all these reports are true about Howie Roseman and all he wants to do is flex his power muscles and say, oh, you guys want this guy? Well, I want this guy. I'm going to prove you guys wrong. And he's not proving anybody wrong but himself. And he's only destroying a franchise and their opportunity for the next, you know, five to ten years. Like, that's the type of personality. That's the type of body that you've got to look at and be like, Howie. You, this is your last chance. You've just fired up. If your scouts say that, why are, why are your scouts saying that and you are not believing them? Yeah, get and new another, scouts. Do and, another, like,
0: and another thing you had brought up on Twitter was when you release somebody and 16 – Will Parks. Why couldn't he get on the field? Like, that's a – is that a Jim Schwartz thing? Or, was, uh, or is Howie putting his – flexing his muscles saying, look, I, don't, I, I, want the, I want somebody else on the field? Is he the one that's dictating who – Who's who's making the game day active roster like I don't understand it will parks got got claimed by six teams six Mm -hmm. so you're telling me there's six teams out there that think he can play but you're in your defense which is playing all right but like you he can't get on the field for you why something is wrong when, when when that happens something is seriously wrong with this team.
1: Yeah, no, there there is definitely something like beyond wrong, like completely broken and destroyed on this team. And at this point, I'm not actually certain about what what they can do to really fix it. I mean, at this point, you need to make a big move. You need to make a big play. And that would probably be something that impacts Howie Roseman or Doug Peterson. And I read an article on The Athletic about all breaking down seven different options of what to do with, with them, and it seems like the best option is to give Howie a he called it a promotion, but it's a new job title with a bit more pay to get him out of the role that he's in and get somebody else, get more get more bodies into that position because he's clearly not meant for the position that he's in right now. Clearly the loss of Joe Douglas, clearly the loss of certain people has impacted his decision-making. Joe Douglas was probably, was that right-hand man who probably was the one who would have been there in his ear saying Justin Jefferson, and he would have said yes. But now that it's scouts, it's people that are seemingly quote-unquote below him. He doesn't want to, he doesn't agree. He doesn't want to make that decision. It's, it feels like he doesn't have a right-hand man, so he wants to make the decisions for himself. And it's really unfortunate because, I do think Howie's a really good executive. I just think he doesn't listen to the people. He doesn't trust people. and He doesn't listen to the people he needs to trust the most. And there was a chance to nail this. Judging by the sounds of it, our scouts were ready to nail this draft out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And Howie <coughs> Roseman literally, it was like a wild pitch that went to the backstop. Mm-hmm. Like we, that the home run was taken away by Howie Roseman. And and that it's so unfortunate that that our scouts are that good and that we can see that our scouts know what they're doing. They know what they're scouting. They like certain players that are playing extremely well and at an extremely high level for the respective teams that they're on. And we settle for Jalen Rager, which is, I don't consider it settling, but he doesn't look like a sub-4-4 wide receiver. He's not looking like what we drafted at the time. And then Jalen Hurts, who on it, the bench. It
0: seems like they it seems like they don't know how to get him open in space. It seems like they don't know what they're they, – they don't know if they want him to be an outside receiver. They don't know if they want him to be a slot guy. They don't and, – and it it really just seems like Doug is just like having him run these short crossing patterns. And they're like he, – he doesn't – I haven't seen him get down the field since week one it feels like against the, the – Washington
1: or but easy I mean, to read screens. It's about that's about all he's good for, and the easy to read screens are blowing up in the backfield like so nine that, times out of ten for Philly. Is
0: that Jalen not knowing a route tree, not knowing the playbook, and not just not knowing you know what he's supposed to do, or is that Doug just not putting him in? But we we don't know these answers, and it'd be great if we did. And then whenever Doug gets asked questions during his press conferences, he just gives these condescending answers. Um, there was a question about, I think there was a question about Jalen Hurts this week. Um, he's like, the question was to the effect of, is there a plan for Hurts? And he goes, what do you mean plan? Really? Like, are you going to use him or not? Stop bringing him in for one play. Stop bringing him in. Give him a series. I want to, don't have him run the same play. He threw the ball last week to Alshon. Alshon got his first catch of the year. I want to see more of that. Jalen Hurts is an athlete. Jalen Hurst is a unique athlete. He can throw the – from his freshman year at Alabama to when he went to, to Oklahoma, he has progressed immensely as a passing quarterback. You drafted him for a reason. We don't know that reason. We'll never understand that reason. But if you're going to use him, use him. Don't and, – and don't use him at wrong times. There was a, there was a game a couple of weeks ago where, where Carson finally started to get the offense moving. They got down into the red zone and they brought him in, and they lost yards immediately. Like, don't do that. If you're going to give him a, uh, some plays, give him a series. Let him do something other than running the, the zone read. It doesn't work. Teams have keyed in on it. you got to give him something else. And don't wait until week 16, week 17 against Dallas and Washington because it will be too late by then. You are still somehow, someway in the division. Find a way to get this offense going. If it means giving some plays to, to Jalen – do it, but don't do it at the expense of one play here, one play there. Give him a series. Mm -hmm. Let Carson sit back, kind of, just like you did now, it's a different position, but like you did with Nelson Aguilar a couple years ago. You, You benched him for a game. You let him see the field from a different perspective, and while right away it didn't help him, 2017, it was one of the Eagles' better receivers. So allow that. Do something like that. I'm not saying bench Carson for an entire game, but let jalen have a series let him do something Mm
1: -hmm.
0: instead of running the same old play that doesn't work over and over again
1: absolutely and i mean like you you know that when he comes out nine times at ten it's that that useless option play but when he got that Mm -hmm. pass play i was like damn that looked nice like that looked that looked good he got the ball out of his hand quick he didn't allow the pocket to collapse around him but like it was like uh, that looked nice and immediately taken off the field the frustration I felt like I almost wanted to put my my phone through the television set I was like man he just completed a pass something Carson Wentz does on every second or third pass attempt and he does it on his first pass attempt of the game one of his first pass attempts of the whole year and you pull him Mm -hmm. off the field that is and it's like and then you get the momentum going and he throws him in there to do that stupid option play where he loses two yards and then you run him off the field. If you're going to put him out, like you said, put him out, let him play a series. Maybe it's not such a bad idea at this point in the season to flip flop between them. If you see him out there and he goes out there and he produces an an amazing possession, you get a field goal, he gets you 60 yards down the field and, and you guys get a field goal. Maybe leave him out to her until he has an empty possession, then bring Wentz back. And maybe it's not actually a bad idea to do some sort of split between the two guys. And I know that that can hurt. Uh, it could potentially hurt Wentz or it could potentially hurt hurts if you're pulling them in and out. But maybe at this point we're exhausting our resources. We're exhausting our time. Why not just test some things out, try some different things on the offense. And I know that, uh that Doug Pearson is completely allergic to doing different things on offense but maybe do it maybe try it maybe just see what we can get out of out of like a dual a true true dual quarterback system for the rest of the season if we lose our draft pick it's better if we win by god we might have a chance at winning the worst uh, historically terrible division so either way it's a flip of the coin. I don't see any reason not to try a true dual quarterback system and see what you got in both of your quarterbacks and see what you got in like a more creative offensive scheme. Why not? Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. And hopefully, hopefully they figure it out. It's just, we knew coming in that the second half of the schedule was, was ridiculous. We knew it was tough. Um, and, and the defense has played well enough that they could win games. They they, they could have won last week against um who, who the heck did they play last week? Why can't I remember? They should have beat the Giants. Last week they should have beat Seahawks. Oh, oh, this was the Seahawks. Who was before the Seahawks? I can't remember. for Marley. The the bye week. What was it? no there was the Gi- Gi- it was bye week Giants. There's a fair game. It wasn't there a game. I don't know why. <laughs> Whatever. But like we knew we knew that um what, what we were getting ourselves into. It was tough. The Browns, I'm sorry. They should have beat the Browns, uh, yes, the, Rams. Um, the Seahawks. We got the Packers this week. It's going to be a tough game. You have the Saints without Drew Brees next week. It would still be a tough game yet in Arizona the week after, like we knew that this stretch was going to be tough, but the defense has played well enough, well enough, excuse me, to where they had opportunities to win the game and the, the offense let them down. And I'm shocked. I mean, Brandon Graham says it every week, he has the Brandon Graham show on WIP and he, he talks about how much confidence they have in, and Carson Wentz, and, and he's not giving up because he's been in that position before. You know, when the Eagles saw, selected him over Earl Thomas and fans didn't want to give him a chance, and now Brandon Graham is a hero. Brandon Graham is going to tie Trent Cole this week for the most games played for a defensive lineman in the Eagles history. Like, Brandon Graham is an eagle through and through. Like, he, he, is establishing, he has established himself in Philadelphia. You know, he bought a house in Philly now. Like, he's not leaving Philadelphia. He's a Philadelphian. He had to work hard at it. So, like, he just – he, but if, deep down inside, you have, to, you have to wonder, like, is the defense, every time they come off the field, do they, even, do they just sit there and be like, all right, we're about to go back out because the offense can't move the ball? Sooner or later, it's, it bugs you. It bothers you. And you got to think – that. And, and it's good. We heard reports this week that Carson came out, owned up, that, look, he hasn't been playing well. So, hopefully, he can figure it out. And they turn it around. It's probably not going to happen this week. But they're still in the division race, as I mentioned. A half game out. Hopefully they figure it out soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, like Carson Wentz, good good that he owned up and he actually came out in front of his team. And, and owned up to it. And, and he looks like a leader and people love it. And the comments were received well. But we've seen this in press conferences where he owns up to it. Says, that was a bad play. This is a bad play. When do we see Carson Wentz own up to it and change it? And fix it. if listen, if you're getting sacked, you know what? You can't help that sometimes Just try and throw the ball away. If you can't throw the ball away, if, if the sack is the only way to go, the sack is the way to go. But like, when do we see, you know, the deep ball working? When do we see no more turnovers? When can we get games without turnovers, without fumbles, without like he's going running at historic rates of sacks and turnovers? And it, it's it's frustrating. Own up to a good good on you. But prove that you're owning up to it, like prove that that you see the error in your ways and that the you one. want to get better and you want to do better. Because then he says that, and then he comes out in a game and he throws those duck interceptions like he's been throwing the last few weeks. Like you, you can't like that one with Dallas Goddard. You, you just can't. You that can't happen. And I get that there was a disconnect between Goddard and Wentz and the route that was being run. But you can't do that as a quarterback. That's just a bad play. And it's just exemplified by the fact of how bad of a season you're having. That even if it's a misread play, you're going to look really, really bad. And at the end of the day, we're not completely out of these games. The Giants game, we should have won the Giants game. We should have won the Brands game. The Brands are the most overrated playoff team right now. And I said it during the with Prince when we were talking about that game. I think it was a Prince or was it you that we, that I was previewing that game with, but whoever it was, I said, I think they're the most overrated eight and three football. team. I think team. that
0: was Prince. Yeah. That was, yeah. It was yeah, Prince. Was I Prince. think they're now, the most overrated. I mean, eight three football team. And, and then, yeah, and that, then now the now Seahawks a tough game this week,
1: the Seahawks statistically, we were never close in that game, but the defense allowed us to be close and it should never, there should mm-hmm. never been that many empty offensive possessions. Never.
0: No, and it feels like we say that every week that the Eagles have all these empty possessions and like, we'll see I just I, I want them to figure it out it'd be nice like I hate I missed when Eagles football was fun um you know I want to go back back to 2017 there was a lot of people that were saying give us a Super Bowl and we'll never complain again that lasted all of what two years three years like it's <laughs> I, I i once you win that Super Bowl, you want to keep winning Super Bowls you just want to keep winning and right now the Eagles the Eagles aren't doing that um and they're still and I hate to bring it up because they're still like it's to the point that do you want to win the division and go to the playoffs obviously if you get in you have a chance even if if they're this bad or do you want to lose out get a top five pick and find a way to rebuild this team with, with with a great player but when you when you think about it like Howie Roseman is still making the pick. Is he going to make the right pick? And if you look back at this, somebody, H- Lane Johnson was a Chip Kelly pick. Uh, Fletcher Cox was an Andy Reid pick. Brandon Graham was an Andy Reid pick. Uh, Zach Ertz was a Chip Kelly pick. Um, Jason Kelsey, an Andy Reid pick, I think. Um, okay, so Carson Wentz was a, was a Howie move. Um, Miles Sanders, Howie moved. Dallas Goddard, Howie moved. But other than that, Derek Barnett, I'll be fi- I'll be ha- yeah. He's been playing. He had a couple of good plays last week. But if he's not here next year, I'm not going to be mad. Um, who else do they have? Like a lot of the, the the key guys on this team are from the other regimes. The coaching staff: Doug Peterson, Jeff Stoutland, um, Dave Phipp, Chip Kelly guys. I'm pretty sure De- uh, Deuce was. De- I meant De- Deuce Staley was. I, I know Statlin was, and I'm pretty sure Fip was, um, and it, Ken Fajoli. I don't. I think he was too. Like they were Chip Kelly guys. Like there, there's something wrong here. When this current coach staff, yeah, they won a Super Bowl, but uh, but ever since Frank Reich left, the offense hasn't looked the same. So even if you put um, DiFilippo Filippo in there, the offense just hasn't looked the same. So like there's just all this, and you look back, and you're like, what? is how not seeing what is Doug not seeing that they can replicate the success mm-hmm. that they had before.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's at this point when we're sitting back and we're looking at the landscape of, of this draft, like the top 10 is interchangeably pretty locked into almost the same 10 players in every mock draft. I see you, de- you see very little fluctuation. There's some really good talent at the top end, but it's very specific. Like there's one wide receiver, there's one or two corners, there's one offensive lineman. There's three quarterbacks. Like it's very specific their position. So if you really miss, I name some, Yeah, like And you take t- make that wrong pick. You, you may really Lawrence, blow the whole draft.
0: Yeah. You have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Field, uh Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Some people are even throwing Zach Wilson in there for some reason. I mm. think he's another type of And taste then you about. got like Penny Super. Then Jamar and then Yeah, then you have Jamar Chase. Jamar Mike Chase Parsons. Yep. Patrick Sertan. Like we know the players that should potentially be in that top ten. Mm-hmm. And then obviously it'll depend where you're at, but like the chances of the Eagles drafting uh wide receiver or a linebacker in the top like you there are positions when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles that we know they need, but but looking who's making the pick, you're gonna be like, they're not gonna do it.
1: Yeah, Michael Parsons think, will
0: not be an Eagle. I Jamar Chase really... probably won't be an Eagle.
1: I think you really set the stage when you're, if, if we decide to finish out the season and just say, let's go for the better pick. We have our own first, second and third round picks. You're setting the stage for having a high pick in three of the most important rounds of the draft, the three draft rounds that you really have to hit out of the park. And if you're taking top 10 in each of those rounds, that would be huge. And that's vitally important. Um, and at this point, in a division where like, I hate to say it, but like Washington's ahead of the curve. They're ahead. Mm-hmm. They, they're underrated. I said, se- I've said it for two years now. They're going to be there. They're underrated. People aren't giving them enough credit. And then when they moved on and got uh, Rivera as their head coach, I was like, this puts them even in more ahead. All they ahead have to do is
0: curve. figure out the quarterback position. And they
1: still have to figure that quarterback position out. But the thing is, they have pieces in place. You got your running back in place. You got your quarterback or your, your wide receiver, maybe one or two wide receivers in place. You don't really have a tight end. Your offensive line isn't great. But if you can truly figure out that quarterback position, you've Your defense is built like a rock, like a rock Uh solid. They got decent corners. They got okay linebackers. They got one of the best defensive lines in the league. Like you're built. Now you Uh just got to work, focus this draft, all the energy in on that offensive side of the ball. Get your quarterback. Get some d- offensive, young offensive linemen to work with. Take some of the dollars that you have because I think they actually have positive dollars on like half the league. Take some of those dollars. Go get some linemen. Like they're they're there. People don't realize how close they actually are to being a team that's going to be really scary and can compete for the next three, five, six years in this division. So the Eagles need to be there. And like, well, I mean, to be to be quite honest, the. The Giants are there if they get rid of Gettleman and make mm-hmm. some smart decisions over the Which next couple of years, and the Dallas Cowboys are pretty much there if uh if Jones backs away and lets people do their damn job. But at the end of the day, it's just not happening. None of the not, like the Eagles and the Cowboys, who were supposed to be their two front runners in a track meet for the NFC East, are suddenly the overrated people carrying up the back of one of the worst divisions, a historically terrible division. So this draft means so much to the Eagles and to the Cowboys. And I think it's often understated how huge this draft is because Giants are almost ahead of the curve, but I don't think they're going to get there with Gettleman and Washington is way ahead of the curve with a smart coach. Who's going to make the right decisions with his personnel to steer them to, I wouldn't be surprised to see them be a 10 and six team next year. So yeah, I think it's all scary. they had those. Like I
0: said, if you fig- if they figured out that quarterback position, I think they'll be good. And they got the right coach in place. Um, they got uh, the defensive coordinator. That defensive line they spent all those first round picks on. You're right. Um, th- they're way ahead of schedule. The Giants believe in Joe Judge. We all laughed at it, but he seems like he's getting that team to buy into his system. Um, and if they could, obviously, there's a there's a lot of talk about possibly getting rid of Jason Garrett. They got. Um, They got rid of Mark Colombo, their offensive line coach. So if they can figure out that offense and and get a healthy Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley back and fix that offensive line and and build on that defense a little bit, they have a chance, too. So, like, what we thought was a possibly easy division for the Eagles for the next couple of years, definitely not turning out to be that way.
1: Definitely. And, I mean, we're going to have lots of time over these next few weeks to get deeper (sighs) into this and talk, talk players we want. Talk who we want, resigned, who, what contracts we want, let go because I feel like we have a few more uh, losing green hours that we're gonna suffer through. <laughs> yeah, and have so speaking to of revisit that, revisit these topics.
0: Speaking of that, let's move to this week's game against the Green Bay Packers. Kind of, it's a, a revenge game for the Packers after last year's Thursday night game in which the Philadelphia Eagles defeated off of uh, after that interception at the goal line by Nigel Bradham on the Craig James. Uh, or was it Malcolm Jenkins? One of them two broke it up. Um, And and Nigel Bradham got the interception. Aaron Rodgers is flying high. Devontae Adams is looking like one of the better receivers in football. Remember last year he was torching uh, Avante Maddox until he got hurt. Um, And and the Eagles were able to win. The Eagles are big underdogs coming into this game, obviously, for obvious reasons. I I, I can't see the Eagles. It's, It's so tough. I'm not making my prediction right now. I just don't know how. The Eagles can win this game. The, the Packers have a really good offense. Their defense kind of bad against the run, but we know Doug doesn't like to run the ball. So I, I think this is another recipe for disaster.
1: Oh, absolutely. This is one of those games where like maybe it could be close and it, it feels like Green Bay's playing down to us and we start seeing like, we're like, oh my God, this team's not that bad. You know, like we say in some weeks where we play up to the competition and then we see them play down to the competition. Um... But, yeah, like you said, like, it's a, it's a, one of the best offenses in the league. I think they're fourth in points per game on offense. And, I mean, you're looking at, like, an Aaron Jones, a Jamal Williams. At backfield, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, one of the go will go down as an all-time great. Mm-hmm. And then you got Devontae Adams. And, I mean, at the end of the day, there's always a Alan Lazard starting to pop back into the picture, and he's healthy. MVS is making some big plays down the field. Same Robert Taney in that tight end, like, it's not a bad offense. It's a pretty uh-huh. good offense, but so is so was the Seahawks. The Seahawks was a good offense, and uh, and Jim Schwartz really stepped up and said, "I'm going to try and hold my own." And they held the forward as long as they could. But eventually, like like we always say every week, it has to cave. If you're going to be on the field for 35 minutes a game and facing like 70 to 80 plays while your offense is only producing. 30 to 50 plays and on the field for 25 minutes eventually you're bound to cave and it's just going to happen and that's what happened last week but this is a week where you need to produce and yeah this is a really bad run defense I mean look at I believe it was last week Green Bay played someone who ran all over them and let me pull, let me just pull up their schedule for a second. The Bears, yeah, David Montgomery. David Montgomery had himself a game last week. And that's a guy who's kind of been buried because of a, a Matt Nagy-led offense that he just can't seem to get going on. And um, he blew up against the Packers. And uh, so, I mean, if, if David Montgomery can do that, there's no reason Miles Sanders can't do that and some. Um, because David Montgomery is not very David Montgomery's not huge in the pass game Miles Sanders well based on his drop rate is not pretty this year, but he should be using the passing game and he also should be able to produce just by breaking through the line and busting out some big plays. this is a defense that you can make those big plays on if you're running back.
0: yeah, yeah but you also need a coach that's gonna you know hand you the ball not and abandon the run mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So that's 14
1: the, uh, run plays last week. 14, and in a game where it was never really an overly negative game script, that number should have been a lot higher. When you saw the when you saw the past game not producing anything,
0: I know it's it's just so frustrating. It's always going to be frustrating when you have the talent that you have in Miles Sanders, and they'll probably bring might bring up Jordan Howard this week. Who knows? But like you can replicate if you, if they replicate the, the game plan in last year's game in Green Bay. They have an opportunity. I, again, I just don't see it. I feel like Doug is coaching to get fired. Uh, it's bad mm-hmm. to say, but that, that's just what it feels like. He's coaching. So he he's coaching to get out from underneath the terrible GM ship of of Howie Roseman. Um, yeah. You, I,
1: if you're a coach and you make the comment that I wouldn't be hurt if I'm fired, there's yep. something up.
0: There's something. so uh, we don't, again, we don't know if changes will be made, um, And if, if, if there are changes made, who the changes will be or what, what the changes will be. But like, so it's just, I I can't blame Doug. Like, but I can also blame him because his, just, he's a better play caller than this. We've seen it in the past and he's just being real predictable. First down shotgun, second down under center handoff, lose some yards, third down shotgun, fourth down punt. Like they can't get the offense rolling until the second quarter and that needs to change. You're going up against a bad-ish defense. You should be able to run the ball. Start running the ball. Like, you have an opportunity here. If you can pick up a win here, maybe get build some momentum <clears throat> going forward. You know, you have a chance to pick up, what are you, three? You get two or three more wins the rest of the year. You might win the freaking division. Uh, but I don't even know if they want to make the playoffs at this point in time.
1: At this point, I almost think, especially with the cap situation that we're in, it's almost a smarter idea to lose out and get the higher-end picks and take advantage of those higher-end picks. And As I mean, long you as we also, have the right
0: person selecting the picks.
1: And you also have some, some high... Price players who you might be able to move oh, Granted, you won't get great picks out of it But there are some high-priced players that you can look at moving And obviously some that are going to be released as well um, As much as Derek Barnett's coming into his own He could be someone that other people want And he's got $10 million price tag to his name So there are options out there um, for Howie It's just about making the right decisions And then making the right picks Based off of those decisions that you make Which at this point, like you said, we're having a hard time trusting um but back to the Packers, yeah, like they got some really good cornerbacks too. So I don't think I think Jair this Alexander's is be,
0: one of the better in the league, yeah.
1: Exactly. So I don't honestly think that I trust the passing game any more this week than I ever did what than I did last week against a historically inept cornerback group. So I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I don't I don't know if I can trust this. Like you got Jair Alexander on our best wide receiver, and you're sitting there and you're like who's our best wide receiver, Travis Fulgham disappeared off the face of the earth Mm -hmm. and Jalen Reger can't produce. Alshon Jeffrey seems like he's just saying, release me. And, and John Hightower's pretty much disappeared from the game plan as well. So, I mean, at this point you're sitting there and you're like, let's pray Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz can bring some of that magic from the last couple of years because Zach Ertz just got activated. So Zach Mm -hmm. Ertz will be back. And if you're a bad team against the run, it means there's probably a situation in that linebacker in room two that could open up opportunities for Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz.
0: And the so. way that the Eagles offensive line has struggled, like Z- Zaire Smith and Preston Smith. Not Zaire. Uh, is it Zaire? Oh, the Smith, they're not brothers, but the Smith got boys. Um, you know, on, They could wreak havoc. Uh, obviously, Jack, Jack Driscoll is going to play right tackle because Matt Pryor was an utter disaster last week. Uh, Jason Peters didn't look much better at right guard. Jordan Maialata was the best offensive lineman we had last week and he made his fourth start at left tackle. I'm pretty sure he's starting to be, I think he may be the left tackle of the future. And you you do something with Dillard, move him to guard or something. Um, mm-hmm. because he Dillard or, um, excuse me, Maialata looks really good. Um, just throw him out there. Do not, do not under any circumstances. I know they're not going to, but we're going to put it out there. Do not under any circumstances, put Jason Peters back at left tackle. It's, it's his job. Let him play. Let him gain experience so he can come into next year, and he's gonna have the job as as, as the left tackle. Um, you know, and they're gonna have to, if you even look going into the future, they're gonna have to fix the offensive line. Kelsey's probably gonna retire, um, and he's had so he's been for some reason he's just had some bad snaps the last couple of weeks. I don't I don't get it. I've never se- I haven't seen him this bad in years. Um, but if if he can pick it up. I mean, he's, he he made his hundredth consecutive start last week. I think it was. So this will be one on one this week. Like if he could pick it up, that could help the offensive line and maybe get the run game going. You you stop getting your quarterback hit. He's been sacked what over fifty times or something like that. Like forty six. Is it forty six? He, he's been yep. sacked so much, been hit so many more. Your quarterback's not going to survive. Protect your quarterback and get finally find a way to get the offense moving. I don't know if this is the week to do it. We'll
1: see. Yeah, I mean, you 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 very quietly have some pieces that maybe will plugged into that offensive line that will be and young. Maelotta, yeah, you got Driscoll. You got Mylota. I think the move for Dillard into left guard would be really good. I think Mylota and Dillard working that left side could be really good. And then you got Lane Johnson. Obviously, Brandon Brooks. I mean, eventually you have to consider that you're gonna have to do something with Brandon Brooks. He's mm-hmm. he's a, he's injury prone by definition, and. At the end of the day, he's not getting any younger either. And Kelsey, I think the key thing this year is you have to replace Kelsey at center. You have to get a replacement prepared because I don't know how much longer he can go. He's, I, been, a he's, yeah, he's yeah, been a complete iron man. Yeah, he's been a complete iron man for us, but eventually, he, I, like you said, this year, next year has got to be the end of the road for him. Jason Peters obviously is gone, but there are some young pieces and they're doing some good things, but they're not letting them play. So hopefully I, they let them play, but obviously Jack Driscoll is hurt. Um, but, Driscoll's I mean, starting I think, this week. Oh, okay. Well, good. He's see, starting at right tackle. At, at, at the end of the day, like the left side, I think you may have a little something, something at the left, posi- left t- left tackle and left guard positions. You may have your future there. We just need to see what Dillard can produce at guard. But the right side is a bit more of a question mark, especially at center and guard. Um, And hopefully, Lane Johnson comes back and he's 100% next year and his ankle isn't an issue for the rest of his career. Um, But yeah, like we have some surprising pieces in place, but I think we've kind of let the center position go on for too long. And we're going to end up having to make a desperation pick this year.
0: Maybe, or, you know, Driscoll, in, you know, during work, his workouts coming out and during the combine practice at, at center and, we know Driscoll's a good player, and if you say if we say Mayolata and Dillard are your left tackle, left guard, in at right tackle is Johnson, a healthy Johnson, right guard a healthy Brooks, maybe put Driscoll in at center, um, or say Amalu in at center, like Samalu came in came into the league as a center, so I mean, maybe they have the pieces there, and we, and we can see if you put that line together, and they have an opportunity to practice and you know have have a camp and and, and a preseason game or two. You never know. Maybe they, they have that opportunity to gel.
1: Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what we do, because there are some pieces on the team that, that can definitely fit into some of the roles. or are just not being used properly and they're not being allowed time on the field, which is really unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. So before we get to our 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 picks for the Eagles Packers, let's do our unheralded player of the week. Who you got this week, Connor?
1: I got running back Edo Smith from the Atlanta Falcons. I always so t- tug t- early, missed a game. He was out with an injury. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> but. Edo Smith, I always really liked Edo Smith I never really bought into this Brian Hill Hype, like I didn't understand why he was The RB2 and and like he's a Very very like polarizing Running back who will give you a good game And then he'll bust for two or three Um, I always loved Edo Smith, I always thought He could really produce and he's just getting buried On a depth chart behind Gurley and Hill Which is really unfortunate And he showed out in an opportunity Where he got to play more over Hill And where Gurley was injured He went 12 for 65 with a touchdown and um, I think it was two receptions for 10 yards or something along those lines So I mean, not a great game, but not a bad game Especially in in, in the Atlanta Falcons offense Which focuses more on their wide receivers and tight ends Because um, Matt Ryan really likes to throw the ball um, And where the running backs more uses the red zone threat Because Todd Gurley's a true red zone monster um, So I'm going with Edo Smith, man I think he, he's underrated and he's been buried and disrespected in Atlanta um, so hopefully he gets more of an opportunity after this one year of the early contract.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with a team, a guy from a team that picked ours uh, in first place in their division. Now I'm going to go with Wayne Gallman of the New York Giants, 24 carries, 94 yards and a touchdown. The Giants defeated the Bengals 1917. Um, not a good Bengals team. especially without, uh, Joe Burrow. Um, but Hey, the Giants found a way to win. And they're in first place in the East, so I'm going to go with Wayne Gallman.
1: Nice. That's a good one. I mean, to, to be a running back in that offense and actually be able to produce something behind that offensive line is is always very impressive, no matter who you're up against.
0: Uh, yeah. All right. Eagles, Green Bay Packers, 425. They get the number one uh, broadcasting team for CBS, Tony Romo and Jim Nance. What, what are your thoughts on this game and a prediction?
1: um i'm going with uh so my prediction is i think i i foresee a loss um but i don't actually foresee being that bad after last week i mean i think there's a potential the green bay packers play well but they play down to us um just kind of similar to last week where it felt like they were the uh seahawks were just kind of letting us stay around and toying with us um i actually think it'll end up being something along the lines of like 27 to 21 for Green wow. Bay, um, and I think key for the offense, Miles Sanders has to. Be, Miles Sanders has to. Be, you have to give the ball to Miles Sanders. This is the, This is a really poor Russian defense, and I mean, if your offen your offensive line is really good in the run block, not so great in the pass protection, but when they're run block and they do a really good job at opening up holes, and Miles Sanders can break out those. 20 30 40 50 60 yard plus plays and those are the types of plays that those home run plays that really put the Packers defense on their heels and I think that that's how you do it you get Miles Sanders you could even get Boston Scott involved you just have to open up a hole and Boston Scott does a great job of breaking tackles and pinballing off of tackles so Miles Sanders and Boston Scott have to be a focal point of the offense and then I think there's a chance and just to get the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands and not see him throw an interception would be huge because those wide those cornerbacks are good and these wide receivers can't create separation to save their life so I don't think this is a week to really push the receiving game and on the defensive side of the ball help help Darius Slay man he's a shutdown corner but Devon, having DK Metcalf and then Devonte Adams man oh boys I don't MVB in Darius Slay uh that's for sure because those are two massive jobs and you can have a safety over you can afford a safety over um to help out because I mean that's 177 yards he produced over half of the Seahawks offense last week so I mean if you even take that away I think the game could have even been closer. Maybe we even had a damn chance against the Seattle Seahawks if you cut out like 50, 60 yards of of DK Metcalf's work. So help help Darius say out. He's, he's a shutdown corner, but you have to eventually realize as Jim Schwartz, as a smart defensive coordinator... I got to back my man up. I got to help this guy out. He's having a rough go of it out there. Mm -hmm. He's playing well. He's glued to the guy. But DK Metcalf was a monster. Devontae Adams, I think, is better than DK Metcalf. So he's even more of a monster. So help him out.
0: Yeah. So speaking of, uh, before I get to my Darius Slate, so he had DK Metcalf last week. He's got Devontae Adams this week, Michael Thomas next week, and DeAndre Hopkins the week after. Talk about a gauntlet for somebody that's getting paid and he's about to earn that. He's gonna earn that every cent that he makes over the next, month, um, you know, couple of weeks. Uh, I, so the the spread right now is eight and a half. Um, and if I had to bet, I would say that the Packers are gonna win this game. It's not, it, and I think it's gonna be like 34-17. I I just don't I don't know how the Eagles are gonna score 17. Just because I haven't seen it from the offense. They got lucky last week getting up to to. 18 or whatever it was, 17, whatever it was that they, they, they scored. Um, you know, they had to have that Hail Mary at the end where Fulgham batted it down to uh, Travis – Richard not Travis, Rogers Richard, R- Richard Rogers. So, yeah, um, I just don't know how they're going to move the ball. I don't trust Doug Peterson to, to, to run the ball early on. And then when they get down, you're going to be forced to throw the ball. And I don't know how you're going to throw it on, you know, Jair Alexander, Kevin King, uh, Savage. Um, they, they have a good, good secondary. We know that their front line is good two sides. I don't know how they're going to be able to move the ball. It's, it's going to be another game where we're frustrated watching the game planning. You know, you, ha- you, ha- you have all week to put a game plan together, and then we're like, you came up with this? Like last week, their first five possessions mm-hmm. were three and outs. The first 15 plays are scripted. They went three and out those first five plays. That's 15 plays. How is the script that bad? Throw it out the window. Don't ever use it. So if we see that again this week, I'm, I just have no faith in Doug Peterson. And again, I'm going to bring it up. It's like he's coaching to get fired, um, and obviously he'll never admit it. But I hope he he's able to figure it out, turn it around, and the Eagles can can shock the world and, and come away with the win. But I don't expect it. I say 34-17 Packers.
1: Well, hope that uh, I I really hope not because I don't know if I'll be able to watch a full four quarters. It took everything in my power not to. Uh, t- not to turn off that game last week too. I know, and you um, have to be
0: up, and, and you're an hour ahead too, so like that's later for you.
1: Yeah, it's up till like twelve thirty. The good thing is the game didn't get any better, so like <laughs> what I had already written down was pretty much followed through the entire second half. Um, I just had to add in the stats and the elements to it, uh, but <laughs> yeah. It's it's tough. I mean, I'm, I think that's it for primetime games. Maybe the Cowboys game at the end of the season, which I don't think deserves
0: to be well, in primetime. So looking at looking at the schedule before, before we finish off, this week's game's a 425. I mean, I know it's not considered primetime, but it's still 425 with the number one broadcasting team. Next week's 425. Usually that means it's going to be on Fox. or so that might be Aikman and Buck. The week after, 405 in Arizona. And then 4-25 Dallas game at the end of December. Again, that's probably Aikman and Buck. And then the Week 17 is the 1 o'clock game, which if somehow, someway that game's for the division, I can give flex to a Sunday nighter. So, like, I don't know how. Obviously, there was a lot of expectations with this Philadelphia Eagles team. Everybody thought that they were going to be a lot better. Hasn't come to fruition. But obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, you win a game that you're not supposed to win, you can build some confidence, and then, and then you can change the season around. You're sitting at 3-7-1 right now. You can, you're not going to finish 8-7-1. I don't see you winning five in a row. But maybe you can get to six, six wins, seven wins, and, and, and find a momentum going into a playoff run.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's some tough games, but if you're able to hang with these next two or three opponents, even the Cardinals, they have a high octane offense, they're producing a ton of pointage, um, then there's the opportunity. Like, if you can hang and get, uh, I mean, you'd have to squeeze at least two out of these next three and then get both Cowboys and Washington. So, I mean, you're looking at finishing the season out. I mean, you might be able to afford one of these games, but I would choose choose for comfort. So, I mean, we'd be looking at finishing the season four and one, which – yeah not
0: happening they don't even have four wins right now how are you gonna finish <laughs> the season with four wins
1: <laughs> that's the way that's how i think you win the division because the cowboys have a really easy schedule washington has a decently easy schedule and the giants have a decently easy schedule we just because we won the division last year got the shit end of the stick to have a bad yeah. year because yep. the schedule makers obviously make it a lot harder on the first place team
0: mm-hmm. i agree so we'll we'll see what happens um Hopefully the Eagles can prove us both wrong and get a victory, but with what we've seen the last couple of weeks, doubt it's going to happen. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter. Connor does a great job uh, game days and, and putting up all these stats th- throughout the week um, to show how bad the Philadelphia Eagles are right now. Uh, at Kelly Green Hour, you can follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Um, get fantasy football advice from him. My team's 11 and 1 right now in my one league, and I've already clinched the first round bye, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> Uh, I have Ann Rogers as my quarterback in that league. So, yeah. I have Ann Rogers and, and Dalvin Cook and Tyreek Hill. How I got those three, I don't know. Tyreek Hill, speaking of, oh, my God. Tyreek Hill had a game last week. Not to, uh,
1: He's a beast. He's right? a monster. Right? Absolutely. 200 monster. yards
0: in the first quarter. It's crazy. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at LJHurrell54. Uh, please rate and review us wherever you're listening. And give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, you can d- slide into the DMs. And uh, if you want us to talk about anything, um anyway we can improve our show we are definitely we're we're definitely willing to take that uh and, and run with it for connor i'm lj thank you for listening to the kelly green hour fly
1: eagles fly